Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for 20-plus years. Oh, plus. Uh, We're going to have to take that off. (laughs) Past president of the ANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles. In fact, most of our listenership knows Sharon or know who she is. As usual, our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs, and I think we're going to do that with the show today. But Sharon, what time is it? Time to wake up. Yeah, there you go. That's great. So with us today, we have Mr. John Fecho. He is the director of AANA Insurance Services. And we're going to be talking about something that I think every CRNA should know Absolutely. about. And I have a feeling that most CRNAs have no clue about. Or maybe just not as informed as they need to be. Well, maybe they do once they need it. But we're going to be talking about CRNA malpractice insurance, or really the way I like to refer to it is protection of your practice and your future. Oh, I like that, Jeremy. So with that being said, John, you've been doing this for quite a while. What's your background in this? I've been actually with ANA Insurance Services for 25 years now. My insurance career is actually 40 years this year. So yeah, I've been doing this a while and I've been fortunate enough to be with the ANA for the past 25 years. Yeah, so you're just getting started, you know, 40 years That's in the right. industry. you got another at least 40 in you, I think. So, <laughs> um, I think John has more energy than Sharon and I both. But uh, That would be true. So, John, I guess, tell us why this topic is so important for us. Well, I think for every CRNA, whether they purchase their own insurance or it's provided to them by their employer it does, as Jeremy said, it provides protection if it's there when you need it. And that doesn't necessarily always happen. Or even if it's there, it may not provide the sort of protection that you expect. You know, you have to have an understanding of who is insuring you and what sort of coverage is going to be provided to you. More than likely, you're going to have more impact over your insurance if you're purchasing it yourself as opposed to the insurance provided to you by your employer. And, you know, the vast majority of CRNAs don't work independently. They typically work in some sort of employed setting, and their insurance is provided for them. But I would say the vast majority of those CRNAs just assume that that coverage is going to take care of them and that there aren't going to be any problems. But we've seen enough situations here at the agency that we know that's not always the case. And and a lot of times the challenge is, happen most often after CRNA has changed jobs and they're in a new position 
but a claim comes up for something that happened when they worked mm-hmm. for a previous employer. So the more you know about your insurance, the better off you are, understanding that it can be difficult to understand if you aren't working with it every day, just like I don't have really a working understanding of anesthesia because that's not my topic of expertise. But if nothing else, I want to be able to share with members that ANA Insurance Services is here as a benefit of membership, and you don't have to buy anything from us, and we're here to try to help educate. And anytime you know you have questions that relate to malpractice, again, it doesn't have to be because of a policy you have with us or you're looking to buy a policy. We just want to keep our members out of trouble so when they do need that coverage to be in place, they know it'll be there. So let me go over this again with you, John. So what I'm hearing you say is as an AANA member, even if the company I work for does not have their policy with you guys, as a member, it's a benefit to me to get my policy say where I work at and let you take a look at it and give me some information. Is that what I just heard you say? Yeah, that's exactly correct. You know, it's you want to understand who is insuring you and and how you're being insured. So we normally recommend anybody who, if their employer is providing their coverage for them, you should get something in writing from your employer. If you don't have it in writing, it doesn't really exist. Mm. So an insurance policy renews typically on an annual basis. So you should be getting something from your employer on an annual basis because they may change insurance companies. The terms of the policy may change. The type of insurance may change. So it's really important that you have something in writing from your employer that you know that you're covered. And this becomes even more critical if you ever leave an employer. You know, I've been with the ANA for 25 years. It's probably unusual in this day and age for somebody to stay with the same employer for that period of time. So people are going to change jobs. So you really need to know that if you leave an employer, if something should happen after you leave, you'll still have protection. So again, we recommend that anybody who relies on somebody else to provide their insurance to them to get something in writing from that employer. And if they want us to review that for them to let them know, okay, you have occurrence coverage, you have claims made coverage. And, you know, if it's claims made, how will a tail be handled when you leave? You know, we'll look up the financial rating of that company and say, okay, this is a very strong company. There shouldn't be any issues. But in the last two years, we've had two different insurance companies that have provided malpractice insurance for CRNAs and businesses that have gone bankrupt, that have left our members without coverage. So these things aren't just theoretical. They do actually happen. So the more you know about your insurance, the less likely you're going to run into a problem. Hey, John, I do want to get into that, too. And I want to talk about exactly the some of the things you've already hit on is the W-2 CRNA and the 1099 CRNA obviously have different needs, which I want to get to. But you also said a couple of other things. You said occurrence, and I know there's an occurrence coverage and a claims made. Which one should a CRNA wish to have if they could choose? Well, like you said, there are two different types of coverage. One is occurrence and one's claims made. Occurrence is really the one everybody already knows, even if they don't know it. And what I mean by that is, If you have a homeowner's policy or an automobile policy, the liability coverages provided on those policies are on an occurrence basis. And simply put, with an occurrence policy, the only thing that needs to happen is the policy has to be enforced when the event happens. So it's very simple. 
you know, as long as the event occurs, and that's really where occurrence coverage gets its name, as long as the event occurs while the policy is in force, there's coverage. So that is the type of coverage that if you have the option, that's the one you want. And the reason is the other type of coverage is called claims made. And similar to an occurrence policy, the event has to also occur during the policy period. But in addition to that, the claim has to be made, and that's where claims made insurance gets its name, the claim has to be made while the policy is in force as well. Once a claims made policy ends, in order to have additional time in which to report claims, you have to purchase what's called an extended reporting period endorsement. Because that comes at the end of the policy, it's called a tail. Mm. So, and not every insurance company, even if they offer you a tail, that tail may be for one year, three years, or five years. It may not be available to you for an unlimited period of time. So if we have a CRNA who happens to work with pediatric patients, you know, most CRNAs are going to think, well, I don't necessarily need a long tail because statute of limitations will take care of me. If you happen to have pediatric patients, statute of limitations don't begin to run until that particular patient has reached their age of majority. So statute of limitations may not even come into play. With an occurrence policy, you never have to worry about that. You know, you've bought the coverage and you're done. Claims made, probably the best analogy I can give you on claims made is claims made insurance is kind of like renting with the option to buy. Claims made insurance was set up by the insurance company. It's really a stacked deck in their favor. They're hoping that you don't buy that tail Mm. because if you don't buy that tail on the claims made policy, there is no coverage. Once a claims made policy ends, if no tail is purchased, there is no coverage. Not the same with occurrence. Once you buy that occurrence policy, you have coverage for that period for an indefinite period of time. So claims made is kind of like a term in the world of life insurance. Right. That's actually another good comparison because it's only good for a limited period of time. And once it ends, it's done. Gotcha. So you also mentioned, John, that a couple of companies had gone out of business and so forth. And, you know, we do this what if series. So I'm going to kind of ask you a what if scenario. What if I'm insured as a CRNA with some insurance company? I didn't purchase my policy through the ANA. I got it somewhere else. And I have an issue and I get sued. And now this company has gone out of business. What happens to me as a CRNA? Well, I need to preface my response with there are really two different types of insurance companies. One is called an admitted insurance company and the other is called a non-admitted insurance company. Admitted insurance companies are regulated. Non-admitted insurance companies are not regulated. And non-admitted insurance companies should only be available to a CRNA in those situations where they can't get coverage from a regulated insurance company. So as long as you're insured by a regulated or or admitted insurance company, if your company were to go bankrupt, the state department of insurance steps in through their insurance guarantee fund. So as an example, ANA Insurance Services represents Medical Protective Insurance Company. They are an admitted insurance company. Should Medical Protective go bankrupt or be financially unable to pay claims, all of our policyholders would be protected by their state guarantee fund. That state guarantee fund would step in and then take the place of the insurance company. With non-admitted insurance companies, if you're insured by a non-admitted insurance company and your company goes bankrupt, you're on your own. 
One of the insurance companies that went bankrupt not quite a year and a half ago was a company by the name of Oceanus Insurance Company. And they went out of business and they were not protected by the state guarantee funds in their state. They were a non-emitted insurance company. So those CRNAs who had paid premiums, first of all, lost the premiums they paid in. And for those CRNAs who had submitted claims or eventually want to submit claims, are going to have to pay those claims out of their own pockets. There virtually is no other option for them. We heard from CRNAs who got calls from the attorneys who had been representing them, telling them, if you want me to continue to represent you, you're going to have to start paying me out of your own pocket. Wow. So it really is critical that you understand who your insurance company is and, you know, are they an admitted insurance company, non-admitted insurance company? Again, that's information that, you know, even if you're insured by your employer, we can provide that information for you to let you know what you should be concerned about or, you know, this is a great company. They've got strong, you know, financial ratings. They're admitted. You know, you shouldn't really have any problems. Or if the company does go bankrupt, you know you're going to be protected by your state guarantee fund. But if you're not insured by an admitted insurance company, you could run into real problems if your company has any sort of financial issues. Wow, that's something to think about, John. I can pretty much guarantee you I'll be sending you the policy that my company <laughs> wow. has coming up because I think, you, I think I'm terrified sitting right here well, for I mean, just a moment. And, you know, I appreciate that you're bringing this up. And I think I'm a pretty plugged in member. Yeah. <laughs> but these are some things that I know that we've had discussions in the past, John. But, you know, sometimes you just let things fall by the wayside. And this is something that you really need to not let fall by the wayside and especially in this litigious did i say that right litigious whatever and i my daughter's a lawyer for god's sake she's probably going to strangle me but you know with this environment that we find ourselves in this is really an important point so uh, i mean it could play havoc on someone's future i mean think about that you you've got attorneys well that's the thing particularly if you get you know if you're closer to retirement age the last thing you want to do is you know get pulled into a claim and then find out your insurance company isn't going to be there and you've i mean the vast majority of times the crna is involved in a claim and i would say 75 percent of the time there isn't any payment made out to a third party you know there is no indemnity payment made but a hundred percent of the time there's legal expenses. Right. And in those situations, when a CRNA wins a claim, and what I mean by winning a claim is no payment is made to a third party, the expenses are still around $25,000. Oh, my goodness. And that's from an insurance company standpoint. And they're getting, you know, favorable rates from attorneys. If you're going to have to go out and hire your own, you know, it's going to be out, like going out and buy medical services on your own without health insurance. It's going to cost you a lot more. And that's really why you want to make sure that you've got good insurance. It isn't so much that you're going to be worried about paying a claim out. Somebody's got to pay the legal expenses. And that's really the primary function of insurance is to pay those legal expenses. You keep talking about the company's financial strength. How does one know or what that means or what to look at? Sure, sure. So there's a company called Best's. They've been in business for over 100 years. And they're kind of like the other rating bureaus, Fitch's and standard and pours, but they focus entirely on property and casualty insurance companies. So for over a hundred years, they've been rating companies. And so they have what are called secure rates and what they call vulnerable rates. And so 
as an example, on the secure rated side, Medical Protective, again, the company we represent, has a superior rating of A++. When Oceanus was in business, they didn't have any best rating at all. But there were insurance agents still out there selling it, and unfortunately, there were still CRNAs out there buying it. And it was probably because those agents weren't informing the CRNAs about the financial standings of these insurance companies. So that's why whenever we send a quote out, we always provide you know, the financial information, the best rating for these insurance companies. But, you know, any insurance services is, is here. We believe we have a fiduciary responsibility to protect our members. So, you know, we probably overdo the information that we give our members, but we've never had a situation where you had an insurance company go bankrupt. We've never had a situation where somebody has had an uncovered claim when they had already purchased a policy. So we want to make sure that when somebody buys a policy from us, that they know without a doubt that if they have a claim, it will be paid for. So it's just, you need to make sure, and and that's one thing I think that's really important. If you don't get anything else, any other information about what your employer's insurance company is, find out about that company's financial rating. Hey, John, you know, I hear this a lot of times that CRNAs say, well, my malpractice is expensive. I mean, should CRNAs be looking at this? I mean, we've all got to look at costs, obviously, but just purchase on a cost scenario. I mean, is that wise? Because, you know, I also hear CRNAs saying, hey, the ANA sells this insurance and, you know, are they making money off of me? You know, I mean, what's the best way to look at this? I think you have to look at any number of different factors. You know, I think a lot of people view insurance as a commodity, but the policies aren't created equally. There is significant differences. I mean, even with the same insurance company, the differences between occurrence and claims made. A lot of people don't realize with a claims made policy, if you have a claims made policy, if you have that policy in force for 10 years, it continues to renew you only have one set of limits over the life of a claims-made policy. With an occurrence policy, you get a separate set of limits every year. So just with the same insurance company, there can be differences between the two types of policies. But again, you know, how financially strong is a particular insurance company? How long have they been around? You know, do they really understand what it takes to insure and defend claims for CRNAs? And what sort of coverage does the policy provide? One of the most important features of any malpractice insurance policy is a provision that's called consent to settle. And what that provision says essentially is who gets to decide when a claim is settled. Mm. With our policy, it says the insurance company has to have the policyholder's consent before they can settle any claim. So our member gets to decide if this claim is going to be settled or if they want it defended. And if they don't want a payment made to a third party and they want to take it all the way to a jury trial, they can do that under our policy. When an insurance company does that, there's going to be more expense involved, if only the legal expenses. But if you buy a policy that says you don't have the consent, the insurance company then can make a business decision. And they could say, yeah, you know, we know the CRNA neither caused nor contributed to the patient's adverse outcome. But if we want to defend this, this is going to cost us $50,000. We know 
the plaintiff will accept $15,000. Let's just settle the claim and be done with it. Mm. So from the insurance company standpoint, it's just a business transaction. But the impact that that could have on the CRNA could be for the rest of their career, because anytime a claim is paid out, it has to be reported to the National Practitioner Data Bank. Uh-huh. So that information is going to be available anytime that CRNA is credentialed and anytime that CRNA applies for a job in the future. Wow. So you want to have a say in how a claim is going to be settled on your behalf. You really think that these laid-back, type B personality CRNAs really want to have a <laughs> say in this, John? I mean... Yeah, th- maybe. Uh, just maybe. Just maybe. I don't know. All right. Let me ask you another question, John. At one point, I know that we had a moonlighting policy available, and even the, you offered a policy to CRNAs who were employed with a group but wanted to have, like, extra protection. Do we still have that available? We sure do. The moonlighting policies are very popular. We probably sell more moonlighting policies than any other policies. We have them in, in a couple of different sizes, so to speak. We have one that's 500 hours, so if you happen to work a day a week on an average, we have a policy that accommodates that. If you work two days a week on an average, we have a moonlighting policy that accommodates that. So uh, very, very affordable policies and can give somebody who you know, might be a, a W-2 employee the opportunity to do some 1099 work to see if they like it or not. Mm-hmm. We kind of see it as a kind of a starter policy, if you will. We also have the policy, we call it the supplemental policy, that will help CRNAs who may not be 100% comfortable with the coverage that is provided by their employer. Actually, we just had a situation that would have been ideal had this CRNA purchased the supplemental policy. We actually insure CRNA on a full-time basis But before she was working on a full-time basis, she was an employee of a facility. And when she applied for coverage with us, she was involved with a claim. And so, you know, we asked underwriting information on that. It was clear that she had no impact in the patient's adverse outcome. Anesthesia played no role. But we still tracked that information. And so she had come up for renewal earlier this year. And we said, well, what's the status of your claim? And she reached out to the uh, attorney for the facility where she worked at and said, well, what's the status of my claim? And he sent her a letter back and it simply said, you know, your problem is solved. The claim has been dismissed. So we all thought, okay, that's great. Nothing to worry about. We can all move on. Well, about a month later, we got a call from her and she had been applying for a new job. And it turned out her new employer queried the National Practitioner Data Bank and they found out that a claim had been paid out on her behalf for $950,000. Oh, my Lord. That's why the claim, that's why the claim was dismissed. Oh, my God. And nobody ever told her that that payment was made or that it was made out on her behalf. Now, she is in the National Practitioner Data Bank showing that a $950,000 claim had been paid out on her behalf. Now, if she had had this supplemental policy when the claim was settled, or even when the claim was reported, she could have turned it in to our insurance company and they would have worked together with their hospital or facilities insurance company. And even if they had settled the claim, at least she would have known about it and she could have participated in what was reported to the National Practitioner, Practitioner's Data Bank because the practitioner has the opportunity to provide information to that. That opportunity was never offered to her. But I would tell you that our insurance company would say, 
that would be bad faith if you report that claim entirely under the CRNA's name, and they would have taken action on her behalf, and it would have never gone to the point that it did. You know, more often than not, we really see that the employers like to keep the practitioners and the providers that work for them in the dark on this sort of thing. And really, the only way to shine the light on that is when you have your own policy and you report the claim to your supplemental insurer and they get involved and they essentially work as a team then with your hospital or facility provider. So is this policy a flat rate or how does that work? You know, the the premium is different state by state. You know, I will share with you that premiums for CRNAs differ by state depending on how litigious those particular states are Mm. and what the jury awards can be. So the premiums are different state by state. But what we do is we try to make the premium as low as we can. So we sell a policy, normal limits for a CRNA in most situations when they need to buy their own are a million dollars for any one claim and $3 million in aggregate. For this particular policy to keep the price down at one point is $100,000 for any one claim and $300,000 in aggregate. Part of the reason we do that, obviously, is to keep it affordable. But secondarily, we don't want the CRNA to be deep pockets. If they've got a million-dollar policy, people are going to sue them just because they happen to have the supplemental policy. But whether you have a $100,000 policy or a million-dollar policy, all of our policies provide unlimited defense costs. So even if your limit on on one claim is only $100,000, because this policy has that consent to settle provision, if you say, I want to fight this, and the insurance company has to spend $250,000 to fight it, that money is there, available in defense costs, and you haven't even touched your $100,000 limit yet. Wow. So there's a lot of value in this policy. And when you consider what just an hour or two hours of an attorney's time might cost, the supplemental policy is always less than a couple hours of an attorney's time. John, I'm just sitting here thinking as you're talking, there, there's an old saying that says, you don't know what you don't know. And that's exactly what this reminds me of, because I think most of us, when it comes to insurance, we don't have a clue what we're dealing with, and we need to rely on experts like you who you know, can design these things in our best interest. And I think that's what people need to get across here. So, Well, John, I have already sent you the policy that I have while we were sitting <laughs> here way. for you to take a look at. And I think... And we've discussed this in the past, that if you work in a group, sometimes the group may have one million, three million, but it's for everybody in the group. Am I right about that, John? Yeah, yeah. That's typical that everybody who is insured under the policy are are sharing one limit of liability. And, you know, as I said, with like claims made insurance, you know, everybody is sharing one limit that's being stretched out over time. If you had occurrence coverage, you know, at least your group is getting a separate set of policy limits every year. But generally speaking, most facilities will have claims made policies. I would say 99% of the time, if your employer is providing you with insurance, it's going to be on a claims made basis. You're going to be sharing limits of liability. So it's possible that a bunch of other people could submit claims and erode the limits of liability and there might not be any coverage available. And if you're not the one controlling the policy, you aren't going to be the one who's given the opportunity to purchase that tail. So what if you are working for an employer, that business comes to an end for financial reasons, or it's 
you know, five years after you've left, they decide to, you know, wind the business down and they don't buy the tail. There's no coverage. So there's a lot of issues that employed CRNAs need to be aware of as it relates to the coverage that's provided to them by their employer. I think we could do a whole educational series on this. I mean, I never even thought about that, John. I mean, I knew that they were aggregate limits, but mm-hmm. when you said that 99% are probably claims made, and yeah, you're not in control of that tale. So if you leave that job and go somewhere else, I mean, right? wow. Well, wow. I think the take-home message here is, CRNAs that are listening, and you're an AANA member, you need to talk Absolutely. to John Fetcho, and he will be happy to talk with you, I'm sure. And, or a member of his uh, team. We don't want everybody, all 53,000. Yeah, that's John true. Tomorrow. But I think I need to know a little <laughs> bit more about this moonlighting policy. I think we started offering that when Dennis Bless was president. I was president elect because I think Dennis bought the first policy that was. Yeah, that, Dennis, Dennis bought the, the first that. Supplemental policy we ever sold. Yep. yep, I remember that. And obviously, I wasn't as smart as he was because I didn't buy the second one. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, we do know about you, John. You are just not a one trick pony. I know you take pictures all the time, photos, as other people say in the South, we call it taking your picture. But you've had photos in Sports Illustrated. Was it the cover girls in the bikinis, John, or was it actually No, jobs? no, unfortunately it's not. And whenever I tell somebody, you know, that I've had pictures in Sports Illustrated, they say, well, whenever they do the, you know, the swimsuit issue, I'll come along with you. <laughs> I haven't had the opportunity to shoot that issue yet. But but if I do, I'll let all my friends know. Oh, there you go. my goodness. Go. That's great. Well, Interesting stuff. So. Well, this is great. This has been wonderful. Except I'm not going to sleep tonight. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to make insurance be interesting, John, but you did a great job. And I think we're going to try to wrap it up. Anything you want to conclude on and maybe get across to our CRNAs that are listening? Again, we're here as a resource for our members. You know, we just want to make sure that they don't end up having problems because if they do end up having problems, they end up coming to us anyway. So we'd really like to prevent that from happening because we just don't want to see our, our members in a situation that could put them at, at any sort of financial distress. And we know from these last two particular situations where these companies, one completely failed, one's in rehabilitation, that a number of our members are in financial distress as it relates to that. So we certainly don't want to see that happen. So anything that we can do to help educate our members and we just want our members to make informed decisions. And, and we really feel that, unfortunately, there are a lot of insurance agents out there who are really only interested in selling an insurance policy and the cheapest one that they can sell. And, you know, like most things in life, you get what you pay for. And if somebody's premium is half of ours, there's got to be a reason for that. We've been working with insurance companies, again, for 25 years. We've got 25 years of CRNA claims experience. And not that CRNAs haven't gotten safer. In the time that we have had the insurance agency, the premiums for CRNAs in real dollars have gone down 33%. And when that's adjusted for inflation, it's gone down 70%. I don't think there's any other class of insurance that's seen that sort of dramatic decrease in their rates. That being said, the average payout for a CRNA claim is a better part of $250,000. And if somebody's only charging $1,000 for a policy, how many policies do they have to write 
to pay one claim. And once you've written all those policies, now you're, you've got, you know, a hundred million dollar policies out there that you have to be responsible for. So we really believe that our premiums are evidence-based because we've got 25 years worth of claims experience. So you can pay too little for your malpractice insurance. So again, your first and last stop should always be A&A insurance services. There you go. I think that's great. Well, John, I think that's a wrap. We really want to thank you for being here. We want to thank our listeners who listen to Beyond the Mask. And I'm Jeremy Stanley. And And Sharon Pierce. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our other episodes on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. Until next time. It's a wrap. Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere else that streams podcasts. Today's show was made possible by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. And thanks for your support of Beyond the Mask. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support.